Okay, well, thank you very much, everybody, for being here on Mission Sunday. And I also want to thank you for praying for our son, Dawson. Uh, he had emergency colon surgery uh, just over a week ago, and he's supposed to, that was in Texas, and he's supposed to get married out here this Thursday. So if they will, uh, if they can get his staples out uh, tomorrow, then he's, they're going to let him fly, and he will be here and uh, looking forward to his wedding. It's good to have my mom in town and, and her sisters with us also this morning, uh, and more family coming in through the week, and they're hoping there's a wedding. Otherwise, we're just going to have a big party. So, yeah, we're having a great time together. It's good to see you here on this special day. And we're finishing our series, The Calling. Today, we're headed to 2 Timothy chapter 1, where we find our text passage for the day. And as you're saying, as you're turning there, uh, let me say a little about our Truck or Treat evangelism event that is coming up on October 30th. Uh, this is what we call a bridge event where we seek to bless our community and let them get to know us, and it's a purposeful connection that is initiated by the church uh, that sometimes may quickly bear fruit, but also uh, it may not bear fruit for months or even years. It's just us knowing who our community is, and it's a fantastic event, but to do it, we really need a lot of help. We need about 25 individuals or families that will enter cars into the event uh, for passing out candy. We also need help with parking, security, bounce houses, uh, setup, cleanup, uh, bags of candy, and more bags of candy, and then more bags of candy. And so please, if you would, sign up after the service at Connection Point, and we're going to have a great time uh, together for that event. On this Mission Sunday, if nobody told you, uh, we have an international luncheon right after this service out in the gymnasium. There's going to be plenty of food, and we hope you'll come. It's a time of celebration for what God is doing in our lives through missions. Uh, also, one announcement that I forgot to mention earlier that I was supposed to. Next Sunday, right at the end after the service, we have auditions for our worship team uh, that's for vocalists, instrumentalists, and sound and light. So if you'd like to be a part of that, you can ask us what it's all about. Uh, we had a short meeting last Sunday, but if you'd like to be a part of that, that's next Sunday. Here we go, 2 Timothy chapter 1. And let's start today in verse number 7. For God has not given unto us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love, and of a sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel, according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began." But now is made manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles, for the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and have persuaded that he is able 
to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Hold fast the form of sound words, which thou hast heard of me, in faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. That good thing which was committed unto thee, keep by the Holy Ghost, which dwelleth in us. Now, when some of you were growing up, there was no Amazon to shop on. Uh, in fact, there wasn't even an internet. And uh, back then, in the dark ages, eons and eons ago, uh, phones were actually phones. Uh, some people have no idea what that means. Uh, raise your hand if you know what that means. Phones were actually phones. Uh, some people uh, today have no clue what that actually gets into. And, and here's the thing. Back in those dark ages, eons and eons ago, ages and ages ago, if you wanted a tool or a part or a machine, there was this thing called the Sears and Roebuck Catalog, right? Which relied on a mail order system to deliver thousands and thousands of things to customers. In a way, kind of like Amazon, but much more primitive. And because of their catalog, in every podunk location in the nation, and their brick-and-mortar stores that were built, Sears became the largest retailer in the United States. Back when a guy named Sam Walton was trying to start up a little chain of dime stores in Arkansas. Sears built this big tower in Chicago called the Sears Tower. It's 110 stories tall. And in 1974, it was the tallest building in the world for a quick second. Sears was everywhere, either through their stores or the catalog. But then it wasn't. It declined, tore down some stores. And then it declined some more. And a few years ago, the final bankruptcy was filed. And the retail giant that everybody thought would last forever didn't last forever. Now, in our earthly economy, nothing lasts forever. Now, I know this is going to be tough to grasp. Someday, there won't be McDonald's anymore. <laughs> Did somebody just say amen or not? I mean, we need to teach on when to say amen, but... Okay. Uh, you know, someday the Apple Corporation is going to be gone, right? All you Android people, right? Uh, Coca-Cola is going to be gone. Walmart's going to be gone. Amazon's going to be gone. In this world, nothing lasts forever, including you. Now, I hope you'll grasp that this morning. That's kind of the most important part of this. But in God's economy... We can have a stake in eternity which does last forever. We can invest in something that goes on indefinitely. And uh, by the way, at this very moment, whether you intended to or not, you are experiencing the only institution that will last forever. It's called the church. It will outlast every stock, every corporation, every government official, every nation on earth. We are gathered today as the church, and the church of Jesus Christ uh, is going to outlast everything. It's going to outlast every charity, every family, every sports team, because Jesus founded it upon his eternal purposes, and he said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. 
and we get to be a part, which is an awesome privilege. Now, on Mission Sunday, we usually talk uh, about reaching the world for Christ in some significant ways, and uh, over these last few years, we've had mission projects that we introduce. We've also had mission trips that we always introduce on this Sunday, and uh, pray for Zona Kiel, who's on a mission trip right now in Ukraine with our partner, Eway. And we usually uh, talk about Ukraine or India or Congo or uh, Dominican, or one of our mission groups goes. But because of the coronavirus, we're not introducing any mission trips today. Most of our uh, partners around the world are still shut down and don't know when they'll be able to travel. And so if you walk away today, why didn't they talk about any trips? That's why. But we are going to talk about what God introduces for us in this passage. The notes are provided in your bulletin, and there's also a children's bulletin today. So here we go. Let's talk first about living unafraid. Living unafraid, the faith to commit. And I want you to go back to verse number five. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I persuaded that in thee also. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now God had given Timothy a gift, and he shouldn't be afraid to use his gift. Paul wanted him to know that the fear of using God's gifts doesn't come from God. It's the same with us. Uh, as we consider using God's gifts and resources to reach the world with the gospel, if you find yourself fearing financial doom by giving to worldwide missions, you can know that that spirit of fear did not come from God. Okay, if you're afraid that committing the missions won't leave you enough for your daily coffee or the satellite bill or your hobbies or whatever else, that fear didn't come from God. He offers us gifts so that they can be used for his purposes and his glory. And with those gifts, God offers power, love, and a sound mind as byproducts of the gifts. Now, it takes faith to commit. That's why we call our missions giving at Centennial Faith Promise Missions. Uh, we don't make missions a general budget item here. We view it as a commitment beyond our regular tithes and offerings. It's a promise that we make to God. And it goes something like this. God, uh, if you'll provide me with $20 a week to invest in worldwide missions, I'll give it. God, if you'll provide us with $100 a week to invest in worldwide missions, we'll give in. Does that take faith? Yes, it does. It requires living unafraid. And the fear associated with it doesn't come from God. In fact, it is God who gives us the power necessary to earn money in the first place. It is God that gives us the spirit of love toward those who need Christ. It is God who gives us the sound mind to understand that eternal investments are, well, they're eternal, and that everything else will fade away. Now, I want to continue with you in verse number eight. He says, Be not thou therefore ashamed 
of the testimony of our Lord, or of me, his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. Let's talk about living unashamed. Living unashamed. This is the boldness to share. It takes courage for all of us to step outside of the comfort zone that we've settled into in life. Uh, If it's something we've never tried or it's an obstacle we've never encountered, uh, even if it's something that's not convenient, there can be a dilemma that we face. And here's a guy who's writing this letter who faced actual imprisonment multiple times for sharing Christ. Uh, He was stoned to death. He was beaten. He was whipped with a cat of nine tails across his back five times, 39 stripes on each whipping. Uh, I love this story from the early church in Acts 4 where the members of the first church in Jerusalem were threatened by the authorities for talking about Jesus. And and they commanded them, don't you dare mention his name anymore. We're tired of that name, Jesus. Get it out of here. And uh, they they said, we don't want to hear it in our society. And uh, Peter and John stood before him. They said, we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Well, they threatened them some more, and then they sent them away. And, And later that night, the church all gathered together to talk about all the things the leaders had said to their representatives. And when the church heard about the threats, they immediately began to pray. And I love that. Uh, it's so good when God's people hear about something that they just take it straight to him. They be- immediately began to pray. And it's one of the most incredible prayers in all of Scripture. It's in Acts 4, uh, starting at verse 24. And let me paraphrase the beginning of it, and then we'll catch up with it. Here's what they basically said. Lord, you're God. You've made everything. Why do the heathen rage against you? Why are they so mad about us saying Jesus? The kings of the earth and the rulers are gathered against Christ Jesus. Now listen to this from verse, verse, verse 29. This is a quote. They said, and now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. And here's what I love about this. They didn't ask God to take the threat away. They didn't ask God to protect them from the leaders. They didn't ask God to change the circumstances. They asked for boldness. And many times when we have trouble, what's the first thing we ask? God, take this problem away. Right? Take this pain away. Take this situation away. Take this leader out of power. Instead of praying, God, give us boldness. And I love the answer. Verse 31, and when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they had assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spake the word of God with boldness. So God answered their prayer. They asked for boldness. He gave them boldness. How do you get boldness for sharing your faith? You ask God for it. Talking to your coworkers and your friends and your neighbors requires boldness. Ask God for boldness. Because, here's the thing, if we won't talk to the people we already know about God, 
there's no way we're going into all the world with the gospel. And there's normally a correlation. Uh, People who boldly share faith in their own circles are also willing to share resources for missions outside of their own circles. People who won't talk to us all about Jesus here also won't give a single penny toward missions over there. And when you're ashamed of Jesus, missions is not even a remote priority for you. So courage is one of the requirements for being a part of worldwide missions. Now, thankfully, God gives boldness to those who will ask him for it. Still today, he does this. And so our prayer should be, God, would you grant me boldness in speaking to my friends and neighbors and coworkers and loved ones about Jesus? And he will. Now, I want you to look at what Paul says in verse number 12. He's talking about the gospel that's been given to him. And he said, for the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. I am not ashamed. Paul's statement, I am not ashamed here. His statement in Romans 1, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. You know, that statement showed up in his attitude toward everything in life. When you have a not ashamed of Jesus attitude, it will affect every role in your life. You will want everybody you know and everybody you don't know to hear the truth about Jesus. That attitude permeates the person of you. As we go further, though, and we see this in verse 12, I want you to see this third part, living unattached. Living unattached, the wisdom to invest. Look what he said again in verse number 12. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed. Do you know, notice Paul didn't say, I know what I have believed. Isn't that interesting? That's what most people say, right? You hear people say this all the time. Well, I know what I believe. You've heard somebody say that? Maybe you've said that. He didn't say that. He said, I know whom I have believed. Now, hear me out on this. I don't believe in Jesus simply because I believe the Bible. I believe in the Bible because I believe in Jesus. Uh, I don't believe in Jesus because of theology. I believe in theology because I believe in Jesus. Just in case you don't know, Jesus is the only one in human history to predict his own death, burial, and resurrection, and then die, be buried, and rise again. And that's why I believe in Jesus. That's why you should believe in Jesus. That's why everybody should believe in Jesus. Because most of the people who don't believe in Jesus believe in somebody whose body is still in the grave. Which doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Right? Why would I ever buy into a religion founded by somebody who's still dead? When there's a guy who hung on a cross, was buried, rose again, on the third day. That's why I believe in Jesus. And I believe in Jesus because the disciples who saw the prince of the nails in his hand and feet went across the known world telling everyone what they had seen and heard, even though it cost them their own lives. You know, people don't normally die for a cause that's not real. 
You ever thought about that? Most people won't even walk across the street for a cause that's not real. Most people won't give anything of their lives toward a cause that's not real. The disciples went and gave their lives as martyrs. I believe in Jesus because he turned a religious zealot named Saul of Tarsus into a missionary named Paul. I believe in Jesus because he changed me from a hell-bound sinner to a sinner saved by grace. I know whom I have believed. And Paul was persuaded in Jesus. Therefore, he was also persuaded. Look what it says. It's so powerful. He says, I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Because he believed in Jesus, he was persuaded that Jesus is the keeper of everything that has been committed to the work of the gospel. Now, here's what you have to know. The keeping is only as good as the keeper, right? Have any of you ever played soccer before? Any of you kids play soccer? Here's what I know about soccer. I don't know a lot about soccer. I see it on every once in a while. I don't know what DC United is or Milan, whatever, or I have no idea what they all are. But when I see soccer, here's what I know. The keeping of the goal is only as good as the goalkeeper, right? Like you put me in front of the goal, they're going to score a whole bunch of goals, okay? And that has nothing to do with my height. It's more about my agility. I know some of you thought first of my height. Thank you for being so kind to me. I appreciate you. The the keeping has everything to do with the keeper. And if you can't trust in the keeper, the keeping won't turn out very well. How many of you ever made chocolate chip cookies and put the wrong keeper in charge of them? Right? Uh, My mom did that once. (laughs) She made chocolate chip cookies and put them on the counter. You know, you watch, make sure that none of the girls take those cookies. I have four little sisters. And sure enough, none of the girls took the cookies, okay? Well, we'll just leave it at that. I may or may not have had something on my face that was proof. If you can't trust in the keeper, the keeping won't turn out very well. But if you trust that the keeper will caretake your eternal investments until you meet him in heaven, then you'll be willing to live unattached to this world's goods. You'll have something invested beyond this life. That's wisdom. Only souls last forever. There's a verse at the end of the book of Daniel in the last chapter. In fact, Daniel 12, 3 says, They that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. And they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. It says in Proverbs 10, he that wins souls is wise. That's the kind of wise I want to be a part of. That's the kind of investment I want to make. I've been to India seven times in the last nine or ten years, and I've seen hundreds of pastors in India who live on less than $50 a month. And it's not an exaggeration at all. And yet, year after year, they faithfully eat their rice and reach out into the Hindu communities around them to tell people that Jesus is the only way.
to eternal life. That's why I give every month to the India Project here at Centennial, so that those pastors can continue to receive training and support in their ministry. I was just on a Zoom this past Thursday with my wife and some mission leaders, and we're seeking new ways to continue our training in the Republic of Congo. I was supposed to be there two weeks ago, and and, uh, we weren't able to travel because the country's closed. But we've, we've been coaching hundreds of pastors throughout the country on how to have healthy churches, how to reach out into their own country with the gospel. And that's why I continue to give every month to the Congo Project here at Centennial. It's an eternal investment. There are missionaries all around the world that are supported by this local church. Amy and I, every year, pray that God will allow us to increase our commitment to Faith Promise Missions giving. And these funds don't go to pay any of the utility payments or the building payments or salaries for any of the ministries here at Centennial. They all go towards supporting the important work of missions across the world. Our our tithes help support the work here in our own community. And like many other people, uh, we have a house payment. But you know what we figured out? Someday that house will no longer exist. Uh, We have two vehicles that, that came to us at significant cost, and they still require fuel and upkeep. But someday, those vehicles, they're going to end up in a junkyard. We are like everybody else. We spend money on things that won't last. That's what people do. And that's why we take so much care to make sure we're investing in eternity. We know whom we have believed, and we're persuaded that he's able to keep that which we've committed unto him against that day. You say, Pastor, are you bragging about your giving? Well, I I thought about that. I hope not. I I haven't mentioned any amounts. I'm not going to. I just want you to know that I'm not standing up here endorsing something that I don't actually practice. When it comes to world missions, I'm in. And if that means we run a few toys short of other people, so be it. If that means we don't have as many frills as somebody else, so be it. If that means traveling to places way outside of my comfort zone and eating things that are beyond imagination. When I say beyond imagination, I could tell you some stories. If we could do that to help pastors and missionaries, so be it. When I read the stories of missionaries from the present and the past, who have given literally everything to tell others about Christ, I am so humbled. There is nothing more humbling to me than to walk into a room of pastors in a third world country. There's nothing more humbling. And to walk in that room, we all take our shoes off at the door, we're all barefoot before God, And we have different languages, and we have different skin color, and we have the same Jesus. And their service to God is not based upon their means. It's not based upon their belongings. It's not based on their bank accounts. They don't have one. It's based upon how much of their lives they give to God. And that should humble us. I want to go back to this passage. Let's talk about this 
Final part, living unaffected. Living unaffected. This is the hope to finish. The hope to finish. Look at verse number 13. Hold fast the form of sound words, which thou hast heard of me, in faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. That good thing which was committed unto thee, keep by the Holy Ghost which dwelleth in us. As we read earlier in verse 10, life and immortality have been brought to light through the gospel. The gospel is the only way you get light. It's the only way you get life, and it's the only way you get immortality. But only for those who have heard. Billions never have. Hundreds of millions of people have no scripture in their own language. Thousands of people groups don't have a single gospel-preaching church or even a gospel-teaching individual. And uh, as I read in Revelation 7, the work isn't over until every language and people group are given the gospel. Uh, I'm not saying this. Listen to these words from Revelation 7, 9. After this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands, and cried out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. And here's the deal. The work's not over. But Jesus says in John 9 that the night is coming when no man can work. Listen, my friend, if you're not dead, God's not done using you, right? That's a good sign to put up at your house. If I'm not dead, God ain't done, right? God can still use you. You can pray for missionaries and mission projects. You can give to mission projects through the local church as God would allow them. You can share the gospel with the people around you. And some can even go to other places to share the gospel or to support those who do. And that's why we have Mission Sunday. That's what Faith Promise Missions is all about. Now, in your bulletin today, you received a little sheet that looks like this. Whoop, I just tore mine. Whoops. Okay. It looks like this. I will hold it together. And if you didn't get one, uh, the ushers have some. You just slip your hand up and they'll get you one. If anybody's missing one that needs one, okay? Everybody got one? Okay. Uh, now, everybody can have a part in missions giving based on what God provides for them. Kids, teenagers, working adults, uh, retired folks, people on a fixed income. We can all invest in eternity in the way that God allows us to. And let me talk you through this sheet. First of all, on the sheet, you'll notice something important. There is no place for your name. Okay? This is a commitment between you and God. It doesn't go into the budget of the church. There's nobody at church that's checking up on it. It's between you and God. It goes out to missionaries and mission projects only. And we refresh our commitments each year because some people have never had the opportunity to invest in eternity. They've never heard about it, and they'd like to. Uh, also, those who have already been investing in eternity, 
Many times they ask God to allow them to invest even more because God has blessed their families so remarkably for giving to what's most important to him, souls. And so if you already know what God's laying on your heart, if you can write on the sheet uh, what you are promising God that you're going to do for missions each week or month, and go ahead and do that right now. And I want you to think about this. If God were speaking to your heart right now about giving to world missions, would you consider that an invitation or would you consider that an interruption? I've noticed uh, that sometimes when my wife calls me for something in the house, sometimes I consider it an invitation, right? If there is a chocolate pudding pie in the kitchen and she says, hey, chocolate pudding pie, I consider that an invitation, right? I'm there. If she says, the screen door broke again, I consider that an interruption. Sometimes. Well, most of the time. Quite a bit of the time. Um, And I think that's sometimes how it is with God. God invites us into the process. You're like, God, oh, I've I've got too much going on. I've got too many things I want to do. I've got too many things I'm investing in. Look, the invitation of this lasts forever. And if you know what you're putting down, there's a reminder card that you can keep and tear off if you like to keep the reminder card. If you don't know what God would have you to do, there's no rush. You can still do this after the service today. Uh, We'll give an opportunity to turn it in at the International Luncheon or next week. But if you do know, go ahead and write it down now. And I found that there are times when I waited that I ended up never committing what God wanted me to commit. And there is no greater financial opportunity that you will ever have than investing in worldwide missions. And and so if you know whom you have believed, he will provide the resources and the faith and the courage to keep that which you have committed to him. But like our faith challenge asks today, are we really persuaded that God is able to keep that which is committed? Are we? Are we really persuaded? I pray we are. If you've had a chance to fill your sheet out and uh, tear that top part off, the ushers are going to come through before we close in prayer, and, and uh, they've got some buckets ready, and we're going to go ahead and collect those uh, just before we close in prayer today. You know, it's so encouraging to me as a pastor to be a part of a mission-giving congregation. Uh, I can stand up and boldly talk about this investment. Let's have the ushers go ahead and come right now. Uh, I, I can stand up boldly talk about this investment much more than I would be able to about a building project or camp, capital campaign here at our local church because we can know that God wants us to be involved in reaching the world for Christ. Uh, fold your, if you, you do a commitment, fold it in half so that nobody else sees it. Brother Sid, I've got mine right here. Okay, and so just fold those, and if you have questions about our missions and how we do it, that's great. I know some are guests, and we're not asking you to be a part of them, that you just happen to land on our mission Sunday today. Uh, But no matter who you are, I could tell you this, and this is absolutely certain, 
There is never a downside to investing in eternity. There's not. There's never a downside. It is the most important thing to our God. He's not willing that any should perish. And so if you get a chance, I want you to, uh, to do that with us today. As we go over to the international dinner, it's a time over there of celebration. We don't have a, a program or a format. We're just going to sit down and enjoy each other's fellowship, get to know each other. And if you didn't bring anything, I want you to come. Please, would you come? Uh, we have plenty of food. And if we run out, I promise you, I won't eat any, okay? Because I want you to be there and uh, to come to our special international luncheon. Don't forget, uh, after we close in prayer and we dismiss, to sign up for the trunk or treat stuff today. And if you have questions about the music auditions that are coming up, uh, you could ask Brother Sidney or Miss Annie. They're waving down here from the front row. And they'll let you know more about that coming up next Sunday. And we're looking forward to what God is going to do in this five-Sunday month here at Centennial. Let me pray with you, and we'll be dismissed. Father, I thank you that we could come on this special day and be reminded of what's special to you. And Lord, I know we have some guests here today, and we're not asking them to be a part of what our church does on this, but we thank you that they could be with us and that we could all together have a heart for you and a heart for the world to reach people for the name of Jesus Christ and for eternity. I pray now as we go out to our luncheon that you will give us a great time of fellowship together and thank you for being our God and sending Jesus Christ to be the Savior of the world. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.